You know, in my podcast, I generally talk to entrepreneurs, but today I want to address those of you that are in a company, that are working in a job, and the need for a side hustle. The, the, not only the monetary aspect of a side hustle, but the confidence and the ability to really give you something maybe over and above what you're getting from your job. And that's why I talked to my friend, Chris Gilbo, to talk about his new book, Side Hustle, a complete plan in 27 days for you to create your side hustle. And again, this is not a job. This is not a part-time job or a replacement for what you're doing. This is something to have in addition to what you're doing. Hopefully, you're really fulfilled at your job. And this is another way uh, to really uh, enhance both your financial situation and maybe your life in general. Check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Chris Gillibo. He is author, blogger, speaker like all of us these days and is best <laughs> probably known for the art of nonconformity, $100 startup and of course World Domination Summit. And today we're going to talk about a new book slash project for him called Side Hustle. So Chris, thanks for joining us. Hey, John. Always a pleasure. So this book, quite frankly, I, and I suppose all books uh, to some degree, but but this one seems even bigger for you. That It's almost like this is a whole side hustle by itself. Yeah. I feel like I have a specific targeting for this book, too, which is kind of interesting because I think like 10 years on into this business, I'm finally understanding like you're actually supposed to have a market you know, in mind for your book. <laughs> and uh, this this book is actually, it's interestingly enough, because like you're a marketer, I'm a marketer, we're both entrepreneurs. Uh, this book, in a lot of ways, is not really for entrepreneurs. Um, this book is for employees or people who are otherwise just really busy, have lots of responsibilities, but they want to create a new source of income. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be big. I'm hoping it's going to reach a lot of folks. Uh, but ultimately, I want it to help a lot of folks. That's the, that's the long-term goal, of course. But you you have, um, for those, obviously, some people have stumbled across it. But for those who have not, um, in, in addition to the book, you have how many episodes of podcasts and, and all kinds of case mm -hmm. studies and things that you're doing. So you really have a build almost an ecosystem around this book. Yeah, I feel like I had to get my act together because I'm doing all this different stuff and lots of projects, and that's just partly who I am. Like, I don't necessarily want to do only one thing, but you know, last year, like, I had this other book come out last year, Born for This, and I, I did a 30-city tour, and it was really interesting because I would talk about side hustles for maybe, like, two minutes of my little 30-minute stump speech, and afterwards, like, all the questions, like, at least 50% of the questions were about side hustles. And, like, I noticed everybody wants this, basically. Yeah, and yeah. I've been writing about it in some ways for eight years, but I was like, I should, I just want to take a year and go kind of all in with this concept. And so I started the podcast on January 1, you know, one episode a day, seven days a week. Every day I'm telling a story of an employee who starts a side hustle, like, without quitting their job. And here's how they did it. Here's how much money they made. Here's what they learned along the way, et cetera. Uh, and now the side hustle, side hustle book is out. This theme kind of of starting small, if you will, but kind of doing what mm -hmm. you would enjoy doing. I mean, it kind of runs through all of your books a little bit. I mean, even the $100 startup. I mean, obviously, you were encouraging sure. people to build world empires as well. But um, <laughs> is, is there something in your past, your background that really kind of makes you gravitate toward the, towards that idea of, you know, everybody can start something. Mm -hmm. Everybody can do a side hustle. Sure. I think it has to do with the values of independence and like mm. independence or even like rebellion kind of yeah. freedom, you know, just embrace it, like choosing to stand up for yourself and to create something for yourself 
Um, and this is something that I think a lot of your listeners will resonate with, just yeah. the idea of building security for yourself. So, so not relying on a company, not relying on an organization to do that. Uh, so I feel like that's, that's probably the consistent, that's the consistent theme and helping yeah. people do it, helping people to do it. I don't want to say risk free, but, but kind of with, uh, manageable risks or with lowering the risk and, and making it easier to get started, I think is important. Would it be your contention that in this day and age, uh, some very large number of percentage number of people should be doing this? Uh, I think everybody should have more than one source of income. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think everybody should be an entrepreneur like us. I, I, you know, you can, you know, be a, be a fulfilled person working for the right company or organization. There's benefits to doing that. Or you can choose like a hybrid lifestyle like so many are doing these days. But I do think like no matter what you do, then you need more than one source of income. And that's just wise. And it's not just it's not just wise. It's not just for security. It's also fun. It's, it's empowering. It's good. You know, it's good to you might have your paycheck, but then you have this other thing coming in. And just it just feels so nice to be able to look and say, you know, I made that thing. and I have ownership over that. And that's what I've seen with with a lot of people who are not like me, people who, you know, have had a job their whole life and they're in a company structure. But then they create you know, they create their little project and then they all of a sudden have that money coming in. It's just, it feels really good. It feels empowering. Would you say that um, there are any distinct differences between what you are suggesting and, and what maybe people would have traditionally called moonlighting or freelancing? Mm. Uh, so a lot of what I'm trying to encourage people to do is not just get another part-time job. Yeah. So I think that's important. Uh, you know, like Uber right now has this advertising campaign about how driving for Uber is a side hustle. And I feel like I'm really going to go after this a little bit, like on my book tour, because like, you know, Uber and, and Lyft and those companies have done a good job, like disrupting the taxi industry, et cetera. But I'm not sure they're really presenting like amazing opportunities for people to kind of, you know, take ownership of their lives. I think yeah. it's just like a part-time job because you're in somebody else's ecosystem. If yeah. you're doing that yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, crowd sharing thing or even some moonlighting and freelancing. So what I'm trying to help people do is like, don't just go out and from your 40 hour week job and work another 20 hour week job. Like let's think about how you can actually create something that you are able to influence that, you know, doesn't have an income cap. It doesn't rely on somebody else's rules. So maybe that's a little bit of a distinction, but obviously there's some overlap. So, so selling to Starbucks would be a side hustle, but selling at Starbucks would not be. Yeah, that's great. Or like even like driving for Uber, like a, there's a guy, you might know him, his name is Harry Campbell. Like he started as a Uber driver and then like he went online, he was trying to get some advice, like how to like just, you know, some tips and looking for like a forum of other drivers and it didn't exist. And so he created it and he actually built this whole like coaching and consulting business called the Rideshare Guy, huh. essentially serving like, you know, tens of thousands of Uber and Lyft and other company drivers. So I think that's really smart. So like yeah. driving for Uber kind of leads to like, yeah. Here's how I can actually create something that I, I'm in control of. So that leads kind of to my next uh, question. How, how do you suggest somebody start this idea? Yeah. So uh, in the book, I've created this like 27 step plan and it's like, five, you know, 27 days. Um, and so day one, step one, you know, day two, step two, it's, you know, over like a five week, five week period. And the idea is that you spend like 20 to 30 minutes a day working on this project. So like everybody's busy, like nobody has a ton of free time, but if you want to invest in yourself then you can spend 20 to 30 minutes a day and you can also work it on your own pace, of course. So uh, five steps in brief, like first step is about understanding where ideas come from. Like where does a good viable side hustle or business idea come from? You know, step two is like, okay, you've got a bunch of ideas. Like you've got three or four or five ideas. How do you choose one? Cause you can't do everything. So got this little process called side hustle selector to kind of narrow it down. 
And then step three, it's about, okay, what do I need to get ready to launch this project and, you know, put it out into the world? And then step four, how do I put it out into the world and launch it probably before I'm ready? You know, I want to mm-hmm. just want to make sure that people take action quickly. That's why it's like 27 days. And then after that, step five is like, okay, let's regroup and refine. You know, what actually happened when I put it out there? Was it a huge success? Was it a big failure? Like chances are for most people, it's somewhere in between. You know, like I think people always think it's like outcome number one or outcome number two. But what I've seen even in my own projects is like often something works a little bit, but not quite what you hoped for. And so then it's a question of like, what do I do? Do I like, you know, fix it somehow or change something about it? Or do I go on to another idea? So basically the whole book, the whole process is to help people like walk through this in 27 days. In your research and certainly in doing your interviews, um, have you, are there tendencies to what makes a good side hustle? And, and I guess, mm. I guess I'm, you know, somewhat talking about, you know, monetary being one of those sure. <laughs> parts of it. Sure, sure, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's interesting is people have different goals, you know, for their side hustle. So like day number one is like, let's identify your side hustle goal because, uh, like on the, the podcast where like every day a different story, like there's quite a range of stories. And so I have some people, like I have a minimum standard, like a minimum standard is it has to be at least $500 a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a lot of stories like $500 a month, $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month. And that's meaningful. Like mm-hmm. that's meaningful and significant to lots of people for all kinds of reasons. I also have stories of people that go on to like make six figure side hustles and they're still working their regular job, you know, and maybe eventually they transition. Um, but, you know, they, they've got this like ultimate backup plan. So I guess, uh, you know, first prerequisite is like I, I am talking about income generating projects. Like I'm not talking about hobbies. Like it does have to make money. So that's probably like characteristic number one. Um, but characteristic number two or very closely aligned is like for the most part, I'm trying to encourage people to use the skills they already have mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like going out to like learn a new skill. Like you might have to learn some business skills, but those are really easy to learn. Like that's not that difficult. Like the main skill, the main expertise you have is your life experience, whatever education you've had, whatever you've done in your career. There's probably something there that we can pull out. And then that can then, you know, become your, your side hustle. So I think a mistake people tend to make is like people say things like, oh, I want to make an app because I heard that making an app is like a good idea. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, are you a developer? Like, have you ever, you know, programmed? Do you know how to make an app? They're like, nope. You know, so I'm going to go out and learn how to make an app. Like generally, I don't think that's the wisest idea, right? Because yeah. there's all kinds of developers that are like busy making apps all the time and that's their thing. So try to work with people with where they are, like what the skills you already have and how can we then, you know, translate those in some way. You, you know, you mentioned the hobby word, and I mean, for a lot of people, they do things that are considered hobbies because they really enjoy them. Um, so is sure. there a place for turning a hobby into a side hustle, or is that a place to go, you know, and really waste a lot of time? I think it's entirely up to you. I think it's up to the individual, and I think there's there's all kinds of things in life that we do, you know, for no like monetary reason. And that's great. I mean, that's art, that's life, you know, that's entertainment. Um, but if you want to, you know, take your hobby and turn it into a side hustle, then that's, that's great too. And like, I mean, you know, presenting stories of people doing that, you know, all the time and in different ways. So I think it's pretty cool to have a, a, like something that you actually enjoy doing, but it actually happens to like pay you money. And that's what, that's what a side hustle can be. It's like mm-hmm. something you actually look forward to, it's not something you dread, but unlike other hobbies, unlike golf or whatever else, like video games or anything, like it doesn't cost you money. It actually brings you money. So I, I think it's pretty fun. Have you found any kind of patterns about how much time somebody should think about investing in this and how quickly they can make it to where it's $500 a month? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question. I feel like it's kind of like, you know, a, a self-paced thing. And some, some people will do it quicker than others. Some projects will take off, you know, much quicker than others. Um, so I don't know. I guess I am, I am trying to, like, w- when you choose between different ideas, I am trying to kind of steer people towards the ideas that they can get going quickly just because, like we touched on earlier, I, I do see, like, how empowering it can be for somebody to create that source of income, like, for the first time. So maybe if you've done this for a while, like you can be more intentional and like think about what do I want to create, you know, for the next three to five years. But uh, a common problem I think some people have is they feel like they're making this side hustle decision like for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so then they don't ever make a decision. Like they feel this huge pressure, can't decide what to do, you know. And I'm like, it, does it matter? You're like, let's just pick something because if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work and you do something different. And I, I feel like relieving that pressure is is really important. So startup incubators, you know, are all the rage mm-hmm. these days. Do you ever see a side hustle incubator? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, it's, you know, a side hustle doesn't need capital. That's the yeah. main thing, at least the kind of stuff that I'm talking about for the most part. Well, so I, I, I guess I, incubators are good for like, yeah. you know, they're good for support, you know, yeah, for, yeah. I don't know, mentorship or connecting with people and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should start one in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. But uh, yeah. I, I've got a little corner in my office and we'll like start a knitting. Perfect. Knitting side hustle. Great. Like that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So what about in uh, uh, teaching these principles in schools? Do you, again, what I'm um, asking is do you, do you ever see a world where that, you know, would be considered mainstream enough that it would be taught in school? I think so because I think eventually like it's, it, yeah. we're not quite there yet, but I think, uh, I mean, just as generations change and, and career paths change, yeah. You know, I, I feel like millennials get, get kind of, you know, dumped on a lot. And I feel like millennials are really smart and how they're thinking about a lot of career stuff because they don't have the same, I don't know, uh, illusion that, you know, this traditional company path is going to work for them. Yeah. And so they're not necessarily going to invest in that. So they are kind of thinking about like hybrid approaches. And now you can walk into a coffee shop and like, you know, eight out of 15 people there are like working on your little side hustle. So I feel like if that's what's happening in the culture, yeah. then education eventually has to catch up, right? Yeah. Either education either has to catch up or education becomes irrelevant. Yeah. So well, hopefully it will catch up. Well, they're still teaching a lot of irrelevant things in schools. So who knows? Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> there's always a lag. <laughs> so that's right. interesting though, because I, I'm with you. I, you know, I have 30 something kids and I, you know, I hear from right. them and their friends. They're always thinking, Hey, I could be doing this over here. I could be, you know, making yep. coffee or I could be doing something. Um, mm-hmm. but I wonder if, I wonder if there's also another really big, um, demographic and that's that 55, 60 year old yeah. that, that yep. maybe is sort of sunsetting on a career, but is not ready to mm-hmm. quit. Yeah. And so there's, they're interested in reinvention and some. Yeah. Yeah. They're interested in like wholesale career reinvention. I want to start something completely new and build a business. And in other cases, it's just like we've been talking about for other reasons. Like they, they want to have more than one source of income and they should, you know, they should have. And then if you're sunsetting, if you're at that age, you've had some life experience, like you've learned over time what you're good at, what you're not. So you might actually like that self-awareness might, you know, might help you make better decisions or help save you some time. You know, I feel like I hear from people sometimes who worry like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I don't have the technological skills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of a younger generation. I say, well, you have the life skills, yeah. you know, of your generation. So, I mean, all skills are valuable in one way or another. So, again, don't make an app if you don't know how to make apps, but let's figure out what you can do. Yeah. 
So I know that you are trying to kind of ease the idea of, hey, you can start this and it's easy and, you know, have a goal of $500 a month. But what if there's people out there that, that actually think, you know, I want to have a business, I think, but I've mm-hmm. got this job and I don't know. And so is there a path that, that, that you have included here for people that just, that, that actually their intention is to replace their job, but they want to do it with a side hustle? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think about some of the stories that I've had. So here's a, here's a good story of a woman who actually, she was a marketer and she, she works for this company and wanted to send, uh, candy hearts as gifts for her clients, like these personalized candy hearts that have like, you know, text on them who like text the client's name. So she goes to look on the internet and like, basically it's hard to find manufacturers that do this. They're like on the seventh page of the Google search results and they're not responsive to email, et cetera, et cetera. So she decides basically to like start doing this herself and she does it, you know, kind of on the side over like a year and a half. And eventually she like actually has the machine and she's doing this like in her house. And so she has this really big season during Valentine's Day because right. when like the majority of these orders are placed, uh, she's making a hundred thousand dollars a year from it. Huh. Um, but she still actually has her marketing job because she likes her marketing job. Interestingly, she said, this is the best thing I thought about the story. Well, besides the fact that she's making a hundred thousand dollars a year, like, right. you know, seasonally, but also, um, she said this has actually increased her value at work because like her boss knows about the side hustle. Like the boss knows, like she has this, you know, very uh-huh. significant second income and she could leave any time, but she's there because she wants to be there, not because of just the paycheck. So interestingly enough, she said it's helped her be secure, you know, in, in lots of different ways. So. You know, that, stories like that. that's really interesting because I've actually heard that, you know, from people lately. I remember I've been doing this a long time. I remember 10, 15 years ago, if you were doing a side hustle, it was on the down low, <laughs> you know, yeah, if you right, worked right, at a company. Right, and right. now you hear a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so on our team. And they also have this business, you know, and it's, it's kind of like really standard <laughs> yeah. fair now. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I think there's some, I mean, it's still some of both, right? Like I yeah. definitely hear questions, you know, from people who are like, I'm writing you from my cubicle and I'm not <laughs> supposed to be doing this, you know. <laughs> Um, so I definitely hear that still, still, but I think it's kind of like the education and culture thing. Like this is changing and some companies are going to catch up and some aren't, you know? And so I do think like forward thinking companies are just companies that are smart. You know, if you're an employer, again, don't you want your people to be there because, you know, at the end of the day, they believe in the mission. Like they want to get paid, of course, but they're there because they actually want to contribute something. And so I think that's much better than, you know, your employees are there because they're afraid. And, you know, they're only there because this is the, the means to an end for them. And if they had another means to that end, they would go somewhere else. Like, yeah. that's not a great place to be in as an employer. Yeah, yeah. You are, um, at least in this day and age, your book tours are still sort of uh, epic. Uh, you know, most business <laughs> book folks are, you know, maybe they're speaking at a couple of conferences, but they're not doing the 30-city tour. Like, I guess at one one point in our history was very common. So uh, uh-huh. tell us about the Side Hustle book tour. Yeah, so I decided to step it up and not be a slacker this time, you know, because last time I, last year I did a 30 city tour and everybody was like 30 cities, you know, that's it. So this time I'm going to do a 100 city tour. Um, like I said, I'm really kind of investing in this, you know, this whole concept myself with the daily podcast and the, the book. And so I have readers all over the world and, uh, I'm going to do about 40 to 50 cities in North America and then the other half elsewhere. And, um, I actually really love it. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's always exhausting, but a lot of things in life that are exhausting are also very meaningful. And so I love going out, uh, to meet readers and listeners and anybody who wants to sign up, by the way, it's, uh, tickets are free. It's at sidehustleschool.com slash tour. I would love to see some duct tape marketing folks on the road. 
Well, is there a, is there a where is Chris today? You know, like blinker, you know, bulb you know, that shows on the map. Uh, yeah, that would be like social media behind on that. So I'm actually terrible at social media. But if I go to that website, you can actually see all the dates. All right. So I am um, I'm working on another book myself Great. and so Great. i'm asking a lot of folks i'm not going to talk about it necessarily but i just i'm asking a lot of folks <laughs> what their favorite what some of their favorite books are and they don't have to be business books okay okay um my favorite john jance book i know you didn't ask me this but i think i've said this before is the, is the referral engine yeah i thought that was really unique i have i've recommended that book like over and over i know like duct tape marketing is your like evergreen you know long-term bestseller but i thought that was really an interesting take on getting people to uh, recommend your business. So I thought about that a lot. Um, and let's go outside the business world. Well, let me do one more business one. Uh, Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards just came out a month yeah. or two ago. I think Vanessa is super smart. Um, it's all about personality skills and behavioral stuff. So she has, has her own kind of take and her own approach that's very different from a lot of businessy authors. And, and, and a Portlandier. Yeah. What's that? And a Portlandier. She is. Yeah. In fact, that's yeah. right. That's right. She is. Um, Let's see what else. Um, I'm mostly reading fiction these days. Like I don't read a ton of business books because I because I write business books, you know. So I try to like go outside a little bit. Um, favorite author is Haruki Murakami. Have you read his stuff? No. Oh, so let's recommend a Wild Sheep Chase. If for your first Murakami book, a Wild Sheep Chase, great novel. It's all about exploration and like, going off on a quest, um, but it's it's in a very like unique Japanese style. Oh, cool. All right. Well, there there's an. It's more money to Amazon. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, I'm hopefully we'll catch up with you somewhere out there. I'm going to look at the map and see where the heck uh, where, where the heck Chris is today. But uh, um, I'm actually I'm going to be in the Northwest in November uh, a couple times, so maybe we can catch up. Oh, with fantastic! You. All right, that's good. Well, you know, by the time your next book comes out, it might still be on tour. So oh, hopefully, yeah, we can we can join forces. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank thank thanks so much, Chris. Always great to visit with you. Awesome. Thank you, John. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks.